Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Hello. (laughs) How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you, Amanda? You've had a whole morning. I've had a whole morning. I've been in back-to-back meetings and it's just been one of those days where I'm like, is it Monday? (laughs) It's Tuesday at the time of us recording this and it feels like the um, moon is in some kind of eclipse. I'm not one of those astrological girlies that know about what the phase of the moon is, but there's something going on. (laughs) Just like everybody has lost their mind today. I don't even know. I'm here. How are you? How are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. It's so interesting. I'm coming off my no meeting week. Did you do your no meeting week last week too? I did, but I had two client emergencies. I only had Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday off, which is pretty much my normal week. (laughs) Yeah. I had one day that I did end up scheduling client meetings last week, which is unusual for me on a no meeting week. I don't normally break that, but I did this week. But I was able to put the things that I needed to do on one day. Right. So it was only one day that got spoiled, which was good. But anyways, what's interesting is for the first time in a while, this time coming back, I'm actually like excited to go back to meetings, which is so unusual. Give me whatever you're drinking because I (laughs) wish I felt that way. Um, I have some I have some meetings that I look forward to. Mostly this one. (laughs) Yes. I think mostly what's hard for me with meetings is I can't multitask and that breaks up my day. If I had clients that were comfortable doing meetings with me and knew like why I'm sending an email on my laptop, I'm still very much so engaged into what you're saying, but nobody feels that way. Everybody wants your full-time attention. So when I'm on calls, that's when I get frustrated is I can't multitask. And so the whole time I'm on the call, all I'm thinking about is emails are like backing up. I could answer yeah. that email right now and it and it wouldn't be a big deal when I got off the call, but because I'm now going to be delayed an hour in responding to this time sensitive thing, I'm going to lose out on just taking care of it in the split second that it would take just to respond. Does that make sense? So yeah. that's the part of meetings I don't enjoy. The actual face-to-face getting to talk to people, I do enjoy. It's the only <laughs> face-to-face interaction I normally get in my week. Yeah. So I don't mind it. It's that I just wish I could like do more than one thing because I'm so used to multitasking. I have three screens I work on. So being one singular focus for my ADHD brain is very, very difficult. Yeah, I hear you. That is my biggest complaint about meetings more or less as well is that after we get off of a day of meetings, I still have hours and hours of what I call desk work to do where I just need to be powering away. I can't multitask. Like I can't listen to a client's podcast and also have a meeting at the same time. Like there's a lot of things I could not multitask to do, but it all has to get done. And there's only so many hours in the day. And that is tough. 
today is my busiest meeting day for sure. I started. I had my very first meeting a little bit earlier than normal. It was at 7.30 this morning. Oof. Yeah. It was a 7.30 morning with someone in Eastern time, so it was 8.30 for them. But I started my day earlier so I could have the afternoon. But I have had 30 minutes of break today between meetings. And then I hopped into recording with you now. It's 1.30 my time. And I haven't done an ounce of actual <laughs> project oh, work. Oh, boy. So I'm like, oh, tonight will be really fun. I'm binge watching Suits right now on Netflix. And so I'm going to just binge watch Suits and get all the projects done I have to. But I will say, I don't know what's in the water with my clients. Everybody is like super chill lately. <laughs> like it's, mm. an, it's a great thing. No one's been stressed. Nobody has been intense lately. All of my Good. clients are just... And I feel that way about my business because I I'm, I wouldn't consider myself to be an empath, but I do very much so my stress level is on the same energy level as the happiness of my clients. That makes sense. <laughs> right? And so for them to be, just get to it when you get to it. I'm not in any hurry. I'm going to go out of town for a couple of days. I need a break. Or they're, like, they're just, nothing seems really time pressing. So I'm getting, mm. a, I'm getting actually ahead because it's not like, oh, we got to do this right now. You know, everybody's just mm. kind of in a really good flow and it feels really, <laughs> really nice. If I could just encapsulate this vibe, it'd be great. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think maybe you have because you've also done a lot of pruning to your client tree. I definitely have. Perhaps you've now gotten to a point where your business has evolved into like this chapter is a chapter you strategically built, you know? I really think so. I'm not taking on any new clients until for sure the new year, if at all, for a while. And at least until I get my new office set up and then we'll we'll reevaluate. But yeah, I'm just in a good place, in a good place. How are you feeling about your business? Good. I I mean, overall, I'm feeling really, really good about it. I feel like almost pinch me status of some of the stuff that we're building and how far we've come. And I'm really starting to think about as we're coming into Q4, thinking about what 2024 is going to look like. So this time of year is, I think, just a reflective time of year in general. For me, I tend to really lean into that. And Thinking a lot about going into 2024 is like just thinking about how far we've come and feeling really, really good about that and inspired. And that is inspiring to me to dream about where we could be at this time next year and all the things that I want to do and accomplish. And I don't know, I'm just in a reflective mood, which kind of, I guess, leads into our topic for the day, which is this whole like myth of overnight success. Because it's such a gross, salesy, like overly present thing in of like, oh, just start an online business and like, oh, I can sell you the secret. Oh, and like everybody's looking for overnight success. And the reality is like, it doesn't look like that. It takes a long time. You have come so far in your business. And I think in the past, I mean, have we been working together almost two years now? I think that's about right. You've grown so much. I mean, you brought me on to make your client experience better. And then I feel like that's such a part of who the company is now that when we when we first met, not that you were doing like, quote unquote, the bare minimum, but it was almost like you were providing a service, but there was no 
there's not even a tenth of all the things we do now. And it's not yeah. even it's not even because of me necessarily, but it's because of um, it was just an important part of your business and you just weren't able to yeah. do it because you didn't have capacity. So it was always yeah. on your radar, I feel like, and it was always yeah. part of the culture and intention of PodFox. But I think that now it's just so customary which is exciting yeah. like it's just a given that's part of the experience of working with you which is crazy to think about like if you were to scale back people would be like wait a minute what like that's just know. you know what I mean yeah so it's exciting to see the amount of growth you have and there's so much that's if you think about it from that perspective of your business it's interesting to think about what will be customary in another year from now like what will we do as a company that will just be another day at the office do you know what I mean Yeah. Yeah. So in saying that and talking a little bit about our topic today, which is all about people that promise you they can give you the key to success or that they can tell you how to make money overnight. I mean, get rich quick schemes have been around for so long. It's fun and interesting and sad all at the same time to watch it evolve in the online Mm -hmm. space. Um, And I think this conversation is good to have because you and I have such experience, I feel like, in working with people who promise these things. We work in the social media space for a lot of our business, and I think it's we see a lot of it. I see it, and I'll just dive in. I see specifically with virtual assistants. I told someone just this week who asked me if I thought they would be a good virtual assistant. And I said, they were like, I want more work-life balance. And I want more, I want to make more money. And I want to, but I want to work less. And I was like, okay, I mean, if you want work-life balance, you can do that and be a VA. Absolutely. However, I don't know any virtual assistants who are making, you know, five figures a month who are having a lot of work-life balance. I, I'm sorry. I, it, I don't know anybody that does that. If you are out there and you do, call me and tell me how you're doing it, girlfriend. I'd love to know. But it's it's that promise. Like I see people make TikToks about, oh, you want to work from home? Be a virtual assistant. You can make six figures a year and, and work half the time and have all the work-life flexibility that you want. And you get to work from home. Spend time with your kids and make all this money. And I'm like, and- that is setting people up for so much failure and unrealistic expectations. Well, I mean- it's going to go one of two ways, right? Like either they're going to start and they're not actually making the kind of money that they need to be making. So then they don't stay or they work themselves to death and they work to the bone and they work every hour they're awake like you have had seasons of doing and then they're making really good money but they're like well this isn't work-life balance and then they start getting kind of sucked into all these other uh, kind of secret to success sales funnels of raise your prices or niche down to some kind of like specific expertise or whatever, where, you know, at face value, that's not necessarily bad advice, but it's often given in bad faith and it doesn't end up actually being positive situation. Where I feel like it's the most dangerous in this specific conversation is a lot of times it's people leaving good corporate jobs or good paying hourly jobs or even I have friends that are teachers who want to leave being teachers to come do this because it's a lot better than having to rely on their school system for support or they're making, I mean, 
it blows my mind how much we pay teachers these days. And they're looking for ways to get out of the school system and be their own quote unquote boss. And I tell them, don't leave a good job and a good thing that you've gone to school for under the guise of something that's not even it takes time. I transitioned from this from corporate to being a full-time VA while I still worked in corporate. You know what I mean? And so I think so I where I get more concerned is not so much, oh my gosh, this is you're about to go down a rabbit hole of trying to find people that can help you and you're, you know, now you're purchasing a bunch of coaching and products you never needed. To me, it's start from the very root of it. Don't leave your job until like you feel like this is something that you can do because there aren't any benefits. There are no health insurance unless you have a partner that has health insurance like I do. There is no 401k unless you set it up for yourself or you do have that at your other job. So I'm not the first person to tell you being your own boss is better than having a nine to five. Like sometimes you need to stay at your nine to five. If you need to make a certain amount of money to pay your bills, don't leave your job (laughs) for uncertainty. And that's where I think the get rich quick schemes are really dangerous, specifically in this economy where money's already tight for so many to then promise them that leaving their job and going to do something that's uncertain is going to solve all their problems or purchasing a product and they don't have the money to purchase it is going to fix all their problems. That's a bigger concern for me. I think it's not that I would advise people to leave a job that they can't afford to leave. Obviously, I can do that in good faith. Like You have to make the decision that's right for you. Obviously, in my situation, it wasn't a choice. I was forced to leave the job that I left, and I chose to pursue entrepreneurship instead of getting another nine to five right away. And I'm so grateful that I did. Now, I wouldn't say I had overnight success as in I'm still building my success, right? And I'm four years in now. Woohoo! Happy four-year birthday to me in entrepreneurship. But I feel like I'm still always striving toward a new quote-unquote level of success. I mean, I was paying my bills in my business probably within 90 days of officially starting something, but it also didn't start from zero, right? Like I started my business with a client. I immediately leaned into referrals and and all of that. Anyways, I mean we could we could have a whole conversation about like how did I how did we each build our businesses? Like that could be a, a separate conversation. But I think the bigger concern is this whole like snake oil salesman thing of spend money you really don't have for some kind of secret that's going to give overnight success. What do you think about when people are selling those things? Like, hey, I have this course and it's going to cost you at best four figures, at worst five figures (laughs) over however many months. And it's going to be your secret to success. And this is, and here's all the success stories of people who have taken my program or who have gone through my coaching or whatever it is. Like, here's their testimonials or here's their stories or case studies. And the case studies and testimonials sound like overnight success. Like, do you think that's false or do you think it's just atypical? So, I work with a client who I adore. And she teaches people how to make money with digital products. So the thing for me is you have to be self-aware, okay? So purchasing a product and expecting it to make you money is ridiculous, okay? Like I would, I mean, (laughs) you have to have, you have to implement it. 
you have to work with it. You have to put in time and effort. It blows my mind. I work in the customer service part of her business and it blows my mind the amount of people that write in and go, if I buy this program, how long before I make a lot of money? And it's like, well, what's your niche? What's your what's your commitment like? Are you going to do this every single day? You're, this is going to be your new thing. You're going to market this product every single day. You're going to, you know, put tons of time and effort into it. Then I can tell you that probably within a couple of months, you will make some money. However, you can't just purchase somebody's product and let it sit in your inbox and just think, well, I bought it. I mean, I followed half of it or, you know, I, I read through it. I mean, you have to implement what's in it. So I do think it's a twofold thing of setting expectations for yourself of do I have the charisma, the ability, the intelligence, the experience to actually take this coaching program and implement it to success? I'm, I'm not the first person to say that all coaching is bad. I'm not. And I also don't think that I work with some clients who do have products that I'm like, holy cow, that's a great product. Like if I was really dedicated to implementing it, we know some people, I will shout out Sarah Williams at Launcher Box. We both know the proof is in the pudding for what she does. However, I mean, we know her material is really good. She has the success story. She has the case studies of success from students who have worked with her. However, you can't just buy a program and think that you're going to be the next overnight success. Is your product good? Yeah. Is your pricing good? You know, I think I would add to that. It's also about what you're starting with. Nobody who's a quote unquote overnight success story started from zero. And I think that's also really important. Like we're working on a launch right now in PodFox for opening the doors to our membership again for podcasters about growing and monetizing your podcast. And as we're working on this launch, one big thing that I've been saying is like, my email list size is a huge priority for me to grow my, grow the email list for PodFox because if the people don't exist, there's no one to sell to, right? So just statistically, you need a wide, in order to cast a wide net, you need to have a wide net <laughs> like that has to exist. So I think people who launch digital courses or memberships or masterminds or podcasts, you know, I have this conversation with people all the time about starting podcasts of how long in, will it be until their podcast is successful or like what's realistic for how many downloads they'll get and how quickly. And to your point, it depends on your niche slash niche. And also it depends what you're starting with. If you're starting from zero, if you have no followers and no email list, then there, I mean, yeah, there's like SEO and things like that that you can use to drive traffic, but it's not going to be the same as like when Sarah Williams started her podcast and she, to use the same example, and she has thousands of students paying students, thousands in her program. So when she launches a podcast, those are people very invested in anything she's doing her podcast downloads are not going to look like your podcast downloads if you're starting with nothing. And the same thing goes for anybody who's trying to launch, again, memberships, masterminds, online courses, any of the digital products, like you said, any of those things. If you have a list to sell to, you're going to sell faster. <laughs> yeah. I will say that it's very much so expectations going into it that I think determine your success. And I'll even say for, I was very lucky that I had a support system financially, but also my husband has insurance. I mean, 
I can still go to the doctor. There are people that want to step out and do what I do and be successful like I have been. But I had the luxury of having a different like start at the beginning of the gate. I had somebody that I was married to that had insurance, had a great job. If you're a single person and you're, you want to be a virtual assistant or you want to work for yourself in some capacity and you don't have a support system, it's going to take you longer. It is. We're not all the same. You know, I think if you go into it with that expectation that I'm not going to be an overnight success, I am going into my fourth year of being a virtual assistant. And I am just now, just now in like the past two months, getting to a part where I feel like I can breathe, where I'm not completely under the weight of the amount of work I have to do. I am just now at the part where I don't have any clients I don't like. I mean, I'm just now getting to that part. So it's not an, I was not an overnight success. You know, it took me, it's taking me years and I'm still not a success. I'm still not where I want to be. You know, um, I can pay my bills. <laughs> like That's a success. But I'm not, um, you see these virtual assistants who are, you know, talking about being a multi six figure business owner. That's not me. I'm not that, I'm not even close to that, you know? And so I think it's just a good reminder for our listeners and for ourselves that, it's not about how quick you get there, but how you get there. You know, I'm proud of the journey that I took to get where I'm at. And I'm glad that it didn't take me overnight. It's it's fun to me to look back at the different phases of my business. And I'm glad that I'm not like, oh, two weeks ago, I knew so little. I'm glad to be able to say two years ago, I knew so little. Look how far I've come. You know, so I think it's a good a good thing to keep in mind as we grow our businesses and in life in general. I'll even say this. I told you this in a text message. I'm still in the process two years in of falling in love with the house that we bought and making it work for us. And I know that with time and money and energy and investment, I will look back in a year from now and be like, my gosh, aren't I so glad that I stuck with it and I love the house now. We've built onto it. We've added shelves here and, you know, we've just really made it our own. It would be so easy to jump ship and find something easier, but it's a house that we're going to make work for us. So boo to overnight success, put in the time and the effort. It's so worth it. And you'll be glad you did. Yeah. And time flies. Like it isn't literally overnight. It feels slow while you're in it, but then you look back and time has flown by and it's amazing how far you've come. And just starting is more than a lot of people will ever do. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you, friend. If you don't feel like a success story yet, you are way more of a success story than you think you are. And there's a lot more where that came from. So Amanda, what's making you happy this week? Okay, I have a lot that's making me happy this week. First and foremost, it was my third year wedding anniversary on the 22nd. We got COVID married three years ago at the courthouse. And I always wanted to have a fall wedding, but because of COVID, I knew that it was never going to happen unless we waited a whole other year. We were already engaged for three years. So we went to the courthouse and I just said, you know what? It's the first day I was sitting at my desk at work and I texted my my now husband and I said, it's the first day of fall. It's September the 22nd, I said, let's just go get married. We can say we've had a fall wedding and we got married in the fall. And so that's what we did. We went into the, I was still wearing like my work scrubs. He was wearing his like work polo. We had our mask on. They rang a door, like a bell for us to come to the window and they slid the paperwork under the like slit in the bottom of the door. Romantic. (laughs) So romantic. (laughs) And they were like, they yelled at us at the door. They said, 
okay, fill out that paperwork and slide it back to us. And we slid it back and they just gave us a little certificate and they're like, congratulations. We never saw another human being. We had our mask on everything for COVID. So my third year wedding anniversary, it was a good one. I got beautiful flowers and Drew's a great partner and I'm very thankful. What's making you happy? One thing that's making me happy is I have a lot of really fun launches that we're working on right now. I think I might have said that in a previous one, but that's the season that I'm in, so (laughs) we're sticking with it. When this comes out on Friday, our friend Katie is releasing her podcast, and we're really excited about this. It's the first one from PodFox that's like primarily entertainment-based. And Katie is, as she describes herself, uh, perpetually single and an avid dater. So it's going to be all kinds of things about navigating single life and like dating horror stories and also dating success stories and all kinds of things like that. It's called Ditch the Ick. And the trailer is available now anywhere you listen to podcasts. So make sure you go check that one out next and follow, subscribe, whatever it is, so that when the first three episodes drop, you get notified. Yes, I'm so excited to listen to it. I told you it's the very first entertainment podcast we've ever had at Podfox. I'm so excited for it. So excited. I think that's going to be a really good one. The next thing making me happy this week is I have been, I mentioned this at the top, I'm binge watching Suits. And it just makes me remember how much I loved the days when we used to have long form TV shows on TV and not just streaming. And it was the like, I remember I used to watch hours and hours of Law and Order, like procedurals that have a cadence to them. You know there's going to be an outcome at the end. Every single episode, there's a new case that we're going to solve. And it makes me like miss TV when it was just a little bit more fun and simple. I feel now it's you got to dedicate a binge watch on Netflix and it's all intense. And it's just hard to, I feel like I can turn my brain off and just listen to Suits and it's a fun, it's all character driven. Um, I just miss the days of simpler TV and longer seasons. Like there's like 22 episodes a season or something nonsense like that. And there's six, seven seasons just that you can just dive into and just get lost in for a while. Just like Gilmore Girls. You know, there's so many episodes of Gilmore Girls. So What's making you happy no times two? I can't I don't think I shared this on here because I don't think we've recorded since this happened. It was like last week. I went to a stand-up show and it was so fun. And I've been really craving to go see comedy. So I haven't been to a comedy show since COVID. This there's a theme, a COVID theme today. I mean um, I haven't been haven't been to a live comedy show since COVID, but I went to see Taylor Tomlinson. She was here. You may be familiar with her. If you're not, you should totally check her out. She has a couple Netflix specials, another one coming out next year, and she is really popular on TikTok. Like, she's all over TikTok, but she is hilariously funny. And the theme of her show on this tour is called Have It All. It's the Have It All tour. That's what her Netflix special is going to be next year, I think. And it's about the idea that obviously she has two Netflix specials out, a third one coming next year. So her career is going really well, but she also is very single and she's the single friend. She has a lot of married friends and going into her 30s, she's like reflecting on can you have it all? And what would that look like? And it's very, very, very funny. That was a lot of fun. And both her openers were hilarious. And I just had a great time. And I already want to go see more comedy shows. So that was very, very fun. I love that for you. That's fun. I love a comedian. 
Um, I find the older that I get, the less amount of time I want to go see live music, which is kind of sad. Um, I just am like, I would love to no, go I hear. Totally agree. I want to go hear somebody talk. I'm so sensitive to a bunch of loud music for a really long time. I love a comedian. So I could rant for like that. 30 minutes about why I do not care to go to any concerts. So you are talking to the right person. Okay. I just don't care. about. I've seen some really incredible concerts in my time. And it's not to say I'll never go again, but it's just not like I do, I do not understand the appeal. I really don't. But anyways, that's a whole other topic. I totally agree with you. Going to see a speech or a comedy show or improv or so, like something like that sounds way more fun to me. A play. I think after a while, it's one of those things where, okay, I've seen it. I'm ready to go. And I feel like a concert, a big concert that's worth paying good money to go see is like four hours long. And after about 45 minutes, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm good. I'm good. They're so expensive these days. And an affordable ticket, you're probably far enough back that the person on stage is microscopic. So you're watching them on a screen anyway. You can't sit, although the chairs suck, but you can't sit. So you're standing for four hours to be in a crowd of people you don't care about to watch a microscopic person on stage or to watch them on a screen. I'm going to watch them on a screen anyway. I can just watch them from my house. I don't get it. The parking sucks. Leaving the parking lot sucks. It's so loud. It's so late. I don't go out that late. I'm not like a party animal. This is just not – it's there for so many reasons. It's just not my thing. Um, I'm going to go see the band The Head and the Heart in October, and I'm excited about that. But I, we also got tickets to go see – I told you about this. Did I say this already on the show? I don't know if I did. Um, I'll make this my last thing making me happy, which is – I waited in a line with a lot of other people to get tickets to see Yo-Yo Ma in 2024, and I'm super excited about it. He is an incredible, incredible cellist, and he's also going to be playing with the Mobile Symphony here locally, so it's a really big deal that he's coming to our little corner of Alabama. Um, so we waited in line to get tickets, and it was a brawl. <laughs> like I was so tired that day. There were so many people. We got pretty good tickets, talking about spending a lot of money, but it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing. I feel like I'll be so happy that we did it when it gets here, but that's not until like 2024. I think it's February 2024, but that's making me That'll happy. Be here before you know it. I know. That see, that kind of thing I can so get down on. I We're going to get love, dressed up. It's going to be so fun. Yes. Symphony, orchestra, opera, musical, play, comedy, any of those things I'm down for. But who concerts not so much. I love that for you. Um okay. Third thing that's making me happy and final thing for this episode is I'll do another TV one too because you said what you're watching. Mm -hmm. I've been re-watching Better Call Saul, which I have seen before, but it's so good. I would say it's one of the best shows I've ever seen, if not the best show I've ever seen. That does not mean it's my favorite, but it might be the best show I've ever seen. So wonderfully acted, so wonderfully written, riveting, interesting edge of your seat fun time i love it it is so uncomfortable it is so intense what i like i'm gonna go ahead and say this if you liked breaking bad but you never watched better call saul or even if you watched some breaking bad and you aren't necessarily a fan better call saul i think is a better show because you actually can root for the protagonists whereas that's what i really struggled with in breaking bad is like it's hard to root for anyone in that show. So I don't like having a protagonist that you don't want to win. That's tough for me. 
I like Breaking Bad, but I think that Better Call Saul is a better show. So anyways, really, really, really stellar cast, really stellar writing, really stellar cinematography, just a really, really fun show. And I remember that I loved it, but rewatching it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. So yeah, that's making me happy. Yeah. And in case you didn't know, I'm back on my Netflix bullshit. I mentioned on the podcast like, oh, I knew it wouldn't last. I knew that I had canceled Netflix. It was very temporary. And yes, we are definitely full full force back on Netflix. (laughs) Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that you will run over to YouTube to watch our Big Brave Business YouTube channel where we interview all of our friends. We've got brand new episodes coming out every single Wednesday. It's brand new content. If you would love to yell at us, we would love to chat at you. We're on Instagram at <laughs> at Big Brave Business. I am at Amanda Nelson Reads and Sarah is at Sarah K. Heater. Come chat with us and be friends and we will see you next week. Bye.